Twitter Files 7.0 removes any remaining doubt. The federal government was fully engaged in censorship of the truth by corporate proxy. By Brian Cates. Catching much of the world by surprise, journalist Michael Schellenberger suddenly began dropping the latest installment of the Twitter Files scandal at 11.09 a.m. on Monday morning. And what a drop it was. I could scarcely believe it as one major bombshell after another was revealed in tweet after tweet of the thread. A good scandal requires that the more damning information and crimes be exposed in a growing crescendo. It does not have the same impact if you drop the really bad stuff first and then proceed to reveal boring details. The management of the rollout of the ever-growing and ever-widening Twittergate scandal has been absolutely stellar. Throughout the revelations in the Twitter files releases 1.0 through 6.0, new Twitter CEO Elon Musk entrusted a trio of solidly liberal left but honest reporters, Matt Taibbi, Michael Schellenberger, and Barry Weiss, with releasing a series of damning reports about a mountain of hidden malfeasance that had been going on at the social media platform for the past several years. After slowly introducing with more and more evidence that Twitter was not only censoring American citizens for the U.S. government with each successive drop, it turned out the best had been saved for last. Because that Twittergate files drop 7.0 blew any remaining doubt that the FBI made use of Twitter to directly interfere in the 2020 election and, of course, the Hunter Biden laptop is central to the scandal. Turns out, Elon was not exaggerating when he tweeted this recently. Twitter is both a social media company and a crime scene. December 10th, 2022. If anything, Musk's tweet was very understated given what was coming. You can read the previous six installments of the Twitter files, one through six, at the following links, links in the article. Briefly, here are the major revelations of this last Twittergate disclosure. One, the FBI had possession of Hunter Biden's laptop for almost a full year before Rudy Giuliani gave a copy to the New York Post who began to prepare a story on it. Two, Despite knowing the laptop was genuine, the FBI began a coordinated disinformation campaign to convince Twitter staff any forthcoming scandal about Hunter Biden dropping before the 2020 election was a Russian hacking disinformation effort and should be suppressed. Three, this coordinated effort on the part of the FBI to convince Twitter staff the Biden laptop story was fake involved giving Twitter executives temporary security clearances in order to use a classified web portal connected directly to FBI headquarters. 4. The FBI also provided incentive to Twitter to go along with a censor-by-proxy role on behalf of the agency by paying Twitter a cool $3.4 million dollars for the time Twitter's staff spent working with the FBI to censor their own users. 5. 
possibly the most eye-opening revelation was this. At the Cushy Aspen Institute think tank conference held in Colorado in September of 2020, an organized war game strategy session was held with the theme of containing the fallout of a fake Russian hacking-related Hunter Biden scandal dropping in news and social media just before the 2020 election. What I find most stunning was the Hunter Biden scandal war game that was held at the Aspen Institute's yearly conference in Aspen, Colorado. In all the sound and fury of the past two years over the suppression of the New York Post's laptop story, nobody ever breathed a word about top news, social media executives putting their heads together at a cushy left-wing think tank conference and brainstorming how they'd prevent a Biden scandal from going viral just two weeks before the New York Post published its laptop report. In the 30th tweet of the 7.0 drop, Schellenberger wrote, quote, In September 2020, Roth, Yoel Roth, participated in an Aspen Institute tabletop exercise on a potential hack and dump operation relating to Hunter Biden. The goal was to shape how the media covered it and how social media carried it, end quote. Schellenberger then showed how extensive and detailed that tabletop exercise was by providing the four pages that resulted from it. Confidential, Aspen Digital Hack and Dump Working Group, September 2020, Exercise, The Burisma Leak, Day 1, Monday, October 5th, 2020. Anonymous website, bidencrimes.info and a Twitter account, Hunter Laws, begin posting documents that purport to be from Burisma tied to Hunter Biden. Splashed across the top of the site in English is, quote, Joe Biden betrayed America before for dollars. He'll do it again. Initially, the documents, mostly in Ukrainian, appear to be the minutes of various Burisma board meetings, internal emails, and financial records. There is initially no sign of a smoking gun. Note! The website appears to have been first registered in 2016. No ownership information is public. The Twitter account was created in 2014, oddly, just before Hunter joined the Burisma board. It has tweeted once and follows one person. Day 2. The Drudge Report links to the anonymous website bidencrimes.info and the site is quickly picked up by other fringe media and begins to spread on social media sites. Day 3, Wednesday, October 7th. Fox and Friends discusses BidenCrimes.info in its 7 a.m. block. Real Donald Trump tweets, six minutes later, Is Joe Biden biggest criminal of all time? Check out at Hunter Laws. Three reporters, Dina Temple-Raisin, Donnie O'Sullivan, and Ellen Nakashima, are contacted by an anonymous ProtonMail account, BidenCrimes at ProtonMail.com, and each sent a different document. None of the documents have appeared on the public website. They are each told they are the only reporter receiving a specific document. Dina's document purports to be a ledger of payments showing that Hunter Biden was paid $3 million over two months in 2015 by Burisma, far more than had been reported publicly before. Donnie's document is a 2016 email purportedly from Hunter to his father, dated the evening before the firing of prosecutor Victor Shokin, simply titled Burisma, and the body of which reads, I really need you to do this for me. 
Ellen's document purports to be the broad contract between Burisma and Hunter. In Ukraine, Burisma announces that it has no evidence of any hack of its servers, disavows all files as forgeries. Day 4. Thursday, October 8th. The Biden campaign, adopting the policy of Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016 and the Macron campaign, says they will not confirm the veracity of any documents. CrowdStrike announces without further detail it has reason to believe that BidenCrimes.info is the work of Fancy Bear of APT28. CNN's Jim Shuto reports an anonymous Cloudflare executive who says that he doubts the CrowdStrike appraisal. Cloudflare believes that no foreign actor is involved and has evidence that BidenLeaks.info is being hosted and run by Americans. At 4 p.m., the Washington Post publishes a story by Ellen Nakashima confirming that the Burisma board contract given to her is legitimate. There is no wrongdoing evident or alleged in the document, but Burisma sources confirm the document is real. Caesar Conde, the chairman of NBC News, announces that because of the suspicion that the BidenCrimes.info leaks are coming from a foreign power with a goal of undermining America's free and fair elections, no aspect of NBC News or MSNBC will report on the allegations or use the materials as the basis for reporting. In his statement carried live on the evening news with Lester Holt, he asks all other news organizations to follow NBC's leadership. The Guardian quickly announces it will follow the same principle as does the Huffington Post. At Ohio Trump rally that night, crowd starts chanting, lock him up. President Trump at podium pumps his fists as the crowd chants. Day 5, Friday, October 9th. In a statement released at 9 a.m. and signed only by him, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe says he has no reason to believe the documents posted by BidenCrimes.info are forgeries, nor does the intelligence community have reason to believe the website is a Russian operation. At 11 a.m. on the House floor, House Intelligence Chair Adam Schiff says that according to his briefings, the intelligence community is not being forthright with the American people about the source and veracity of the leaks. Also at 11 a.m., Mandiant released a short statement saying it has traced the source of BidenLeaks.info to infrastructure consistent with China's Ministry of State Security. At 2 p.m., at Hunter Lawls, tweets a link out to a zip file that appears to contain a new tranche of 20,000 documents, mostly in Ukrainian, stolen from Burisma and posted on BidenCrimes.info. All but simultaneously, at 2.01 p.m., Donald Trump Jr., Team Trump, and Parscale all retweet the Hunter Law's post. By 3 p.m., Twitter determines that the hosting service for the zip tweeted by Hunter Law's traces back to a server in Hong Kong. That afternoon, Facebook's sources inside the intelligence community tell Facebook to be wary about the Director of National Intelligence's statement. At 5 p.m., Dina Temple Raston airs an NPR story saying that she has confirmed the $3 million payment document she received is fake. Day 6, Saturday, October 10th. Overnight, 
Progressive blogger Josh Marshall notices and tweets out one document in the new tranche of zip files that appears to be a confirmation of a wire transfer for $1 million from Deutsche Bank to an offshore account in the name of Hunter Biden, dated two days after the firing of the chief prosecutor, Shokin. Overnight, independent security researchers and news organizations find the majority of the zip files are authentic, but some are manipulated. First Draft News tweets an hour after Josh's tweet that his document appears to be an authentic Burisma document, but has been edited. What is edited is unclear. At 10 a.m., the New York Times posts a story saying that two anonymous senior Justice Department officials in Washington say that the acting U.S. attorney in D.C. has empaneled a grand jury to investigate Joe Biden. Day 7, Sunday, October 11th. On the Sunday shows, Biden campaign staff dismissed the entire hack and leak as dirty tricks by Vladimir Putin. After the morning show's air, the Daily Beast quotes two, quote, former senior intelligence officials that the directors of the CIA and NSA refused to sign onto Ratcliffe's Friday statement, although sources differ why they did not sign it. David Sanger matches that reporting an hour later. Alex Berenson announces on Twitter that he's conducted an interview via DM with the person behind Hunter Laws and that he believes the person is an American. Day 8. Monday, October 12th. At 7.15 a.m., President Trump calls into Fox and Friends and said he hopes the FBI will investigate Joe Biden. At 9 a.m., Attorney General Bill Barr holds a press conference to say the American people deserve the truth and that he has instructed the FBI to verify the allegations of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's corruption. He announces that the Justice Department is investigating wrongdoing by Hunter Biden and Joe Biden for money laundering, tax fraud, theft of honest services, and acting as an unregistered foreign agent. In response to a reporter's question, he volunteers that he believes Joe Biden should submit to an FBI interview within days. At 11 a.m., Senator Richard Blumenthal says the American people are being lied to and demands in a CNN interview Paul Nakasone, Gina Haspel, and Chris Ray owe Americans the truth. I can't say more than that. At 2 p.m., Jim Comey tweets, quote, FBI agents tell me they are being silenced about the truth. Donald Trump is illegally coordinating with Putin. He must resign. End quote. At 7.30 p.m., Rudy Giuliani says on Fox News that he was right all along re-2019 Ukraine pressure campaign. Day 9, Tuesday, October 13th. Real Donald Trump tweets at 6.15 a.m. See, Ukraine phone call was perfect. I knew Sleepy Joe was actually Crooked Joe. Tell FBI, lock him up. Day 10, Wednesday, October 14th. Representative Devin Nunes, Senator Tom Cotton, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced they will travel immediately to Kiev to get Burisma's cooperation with the unfolding investigation. They depart that night on an official U.S. government jet. Day 11th, Thursday, October 15th, the second presidential debate. Biden Crimes Info, 17 letters. End quote. Now that federal agencies were using Twitter as a censor by proxy, has been irrefutably established the question that must be asked and pursued by honest journalists everywhere is this. What other social media platforms were also being used by these federal agencies as censors by proxy? Facebook, 
YouTube, Instagram, Google, Amazon. How far did government censorship of the American public square actually extend? Inquiring minds will want to know. Update. And while I was working on this column, journalist Lee Fang has begun to drop the Twitter files part eight, and they contain massive revelations about the U.S. military using Twitter to run disinformation and psychological operations. Getting this column out now so I can focus on what's being dropped. And that, my dear friends, 